Two weeks ago, I got an email, and it was actually pretty surprising. So I was curious and intrigued, and um, I'm going to walk you through it real quick. Let me share my screen here. Share. Here we go. We start with this um, this cold email, and this person is is pitching uh, SIP trunks, and they've included they've included the rates, and and this was this was the body of the email. It was interesting to me because I couldn't figure out the math. That's one channel, eight hours a day, 20 days a month, 9,600 minutes. So a SIP trunk, one channel, 9,600 minutes, conservatively. At 850, I've got the wrong math in here, but uh, 850 divided by 9,600 is actually this uh, 0. 0.00008. And this line right here, point, this would be 0. 0.01 would be one penny, 0. 0.008. It's really, really aggressive. Uh, that can't possibly be right, can it? So I replied. Does that include US 48 and CA 13? So this is this is code lingo for US 48 being the continental United States and CA 13 being the 13 Canadian provinces. So this is pretty typical in, in North American voice traffic that includes US 48 and CA 13 and uh, extended US. So Alaska, Hawaii, Caribbean um, would be a permanent rate. And uh, so we get this email back and the email comes back with a little bit more information which is uh, formatted a little bit better and, and uh, some details. Uh, Peerless is not the provider. I think they're their underlying provider. And they're saying, oh, there's a little nut here. You get DIDs. And look at this one. There's 1,000 free LD. So 1,000 free minutes and a minimum of five SIP, trunk, SIP trunks required. So you're going to do 850 times five is your minimum. And I replied, hey, you know, what is the per minute rate on this exactly? Uh, because now I'm suspicious. And uh, here's the catch. Once your 1,000 minutes are used up, you're going to pay 2.9 cents per minute. So this in notation would be 0 0.029. Now, let's let's talk about voice and SIP trunking for a second. SIP trunks are really just the methodology of connecting two voice systems together. You use SIP. Before that was H323. Everything is SIP today. Asterix tried to start IX. And it went somewhere for a little while, and it was really about dealing with Natraversal, but it, 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 never, it never got really super popular because the actual core telephony equipment used by phone companies are all SIP. So we have SIP. Anyways, so a SIP trunk is just really the ability for, you know, two things to interconnect to each other and send voice traffic back and forth via SIP, okay? When you when when you hear people talk about SIP trunks in terms of channels and number of channels, this is a billing construct now against voice. And there's lots of different ways of doing billing constructs. So you can charge, you can, you can do a SIP trunk where you say, I'm going to sell you 20, 20 trunks and they're unlimited usage. And the provider at that point is making a bet that you are not going to exceed a profile of traffic on that SIP trunk on that channel outside of what they're assuming on their forecast. And the the, the way this breaks down is you just saw math where I was calculating out to 9,600 minutes a month. Um, you can skew this up a little bit and you can say, okay, if you're actually doing 12 hours, six days a week, what are the maximum number of minutes going to be? Or, you know, you, you really, the provider should be looking at it across their existing customers and figure out what is and is not applicable to them um, and what's a good benchmark for them to use. You know, old math we used to use for a knowledge worker inside of an enterprise sitting at a desk in a cubicle and saying and making phone calls was 600 minutes a month per person. That's just another little tidbit to kind of keep in the back of your mind. So, you know, it used to be popular and, and SIP trunks, by the way, channelize this idea of like selling a channel of a SIP trunk comes back from selling PRIs. So if you were in a business selling PRIs, you were selling 23 channels at a time per PRI and then scaling up number of PRIs. Oh, you need to be able to make uh, 40 simultaneous phone calls. Well, hey, guess what? That's two PRIs. There is no, there's an equipment limitation to how much calls the provider can manage based on the equipment that they have. So if they've licensed an SBC that has a set number of channels in their license, that that limits them. But otherwise, 
there's no real limit in SIP trunking. You could have any amount of voice traffic that you have capacity on that circuit to provide. So, you know, uncompressed, you're at 96 kilobits per call. So if you've got, you know, if you think about that, if you've got a 100 meg circuit or a 1000 meg circuit or a 10 gig circuit, you have lots and lots and lots and lots of voice calls that you can do on that internet connection. So doing a channelized SIP trunk deal where you're actually paying per interface or per channel is not really ideal. And and the reason why this isn't ideal, and I'm gonna use Twilio as an example here as I, as I pull it up here. Let me do Twilio SIP trunk rates. So let me share the screen here. And I'll navigate over to this thing. So here's Twilio's SIP trunk rates, and we'll just come here now. Notice, pay as you go, calls per second, committee use dis discounts. They're gonna tell you how many calls per second you can actually do, and there's gonna be some caveats here. This is no channels, as many channels as you need, just go out and use it, and you're gonna pay 0 0.0053. So this is half of a penny per minute, and this is for US 48. So you can see here, Alaska, Hawaii, high cost zone, toll free, you know, receiving calls, inbound and outbound. Now, <laughs> so I wanna tell you, Twilio's massively expensive. Uh, they're like four to five X what you can get if you actually need to do this. So if you're doing a lot of voice traffic, you shouldn't be using Twilio in the first place. You should be using somebody that can actually deliver you high quality voice traffic at an appropriate cost. And we're doing these deals right now at like at um, 0 0.0010, 0.0012. It's, this becomes volume dependent and some some other you know nuances that, that you know factor in this scale. But just understand that Twilio is making a ton of money when they sell you anything in their services. Well, let me rephrase that. Twilio is not making any money right now. They're losing money hand over fist, but their margin on this product, the 0.053 is, is great. They're making, you know, 400%, right, on, on this actual service. Now, no cost per channel, as many channels as you need, get off and run, 0 0.0053. Versus what this you know, other person was trying to cold email and say, hey, you know, buy a bunch of SIP trunks and um, pay us for the SIP trunks and then also pay us for the usage on top of the SIP trunks. It's really it's really old school telephony and it's old school telco mentality. And it's, uh, you know, it was interesting. It, it seemed like a good deal up front and then digging into it a little bit, it turned out to be, you know, not a good deal. And this is something that as you're provisioning services, and this really applies uh, when we start talking about Microsoft Teams. So first off, Almost every platform, and I'll use the trade terminology, so UCAS and CCAS. So Unified um, Communications as a Service Platform. So these are, you know, uh, Zoom, RingCentral, 8x8, Vonage, Dialpad, Next I mean, go down that list. Or uh, CCAS, Contact Center as a Service Providers. So, you know, UCAS all have CCAS. So like Vonage has theirs, RingCentral has theirs. Actually, RingCentral doesn't have theirs. They partner with... Um, uh, with Nice, um, Zoom has one, but they partner with Five Nine as well. You see all these partnerships, but if you look at the CCAS vendors, so Genesis, Five Nine, TalkDesk, um, you know, go down this list of of primary providers in the CCAS space as well as the UCAS space, and you can start doing a bring bring your own telco BYOT programs. Where if you're big enough, you can pay them for the seats, but you can bring your own voice and you can bring your own voice telephony. And so at certain scales, you'll understand where bringing your own voice provider actually makes sense. And the place that we see this most common right now is in the Microsoft Teams world. And so Microsoft popularized this with Direct Routing, and now we see Orchestrator Connect. And what Direct Routing and Orchestrator Connect really is, is it's, a it's a certified service provider that went out and purchased a certified SBC. So this is an audio codes, ribbon, um, you know, I think Ribbon's probably the most common and most popular one. Audio Codes is a huge one, SBCs for service providers. And if you're in the certified list for Microsoft, you can then go through the program and get certified and get listed as a direct routing or an Orchestrator Connect partner and Operator Connect, Orchestrator Connect. I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be wrong. OC partner. And then you can start selling voice minutes. Well, and again, you know, you're going to see most providers out there in market that are selling 
uh, direct routing or OC connections for Microsoft are doing it as a named user basis. So maybe they're out, they're going to sell you, you know, a $8 seat, $8 per month voice enablement. So you hear people talk about like the race to zero in Microsoft Teams and voice. It's not a race to zero. If I just told you that the average consumption of voice for an enterprise user at a cubicle was 600 minutes a month, and they're selling it to you for $8, um, you know, what's that What's that math work out to? It's it's 0 .1, 0 0.013, it's 1.3 cents per minute. If the service provider's cost per minute 0 0.001, let's just call, you know, like like <laughs> there's a huge margin still built into that business. Now there's lots of other things that you have to do that the service provider has to account for, right? You have to account for the cost of certification, what your equipment costs, your SBC costs, your R&D work, your software platform to maintain that intera interaction and API with Microsoft, your customer service costs, your, um, you know, sales costs, marketing costs, all these other things that, that build into your SGNA, you have to account for. And when you're selling something that is being expressed in fractions of a cent per minute, you know, even if you're selling, you know, a hundred million minutes a month worth of traffic, if you're if you're making if you have a hundred million minute per month business and you're making 0.1 cent per minute, that hundred million minutes turns into a hundred thousand dollars. That's not a lot of money and revenue off these businesses. So the name of the game within the voice world becomes scale and efficiency. How much can you scale? How efficient are you? How big are you? And generally speaking, when you're talking with voice companies, what you're trying to suss out because they can hide this very easily, is where do they sit in the stack? What I mean by that is at the bottom of the stack, you actually have the PSTN. You have the real phone companies. So this is the AT&T, this is Verizon, this is um, Lumen in certain markets. So you have the actual phone company that provides the wires that go into buildings, and then you have the wireless provider, you know, where who's actually so Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, who actually has the subscribers on 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 these you know um on you know the subscribers, the actual users. So now if you're not you know doing business directly with the phone company, the phone company doesn't want to do business with 100 million people. Like it's inefficient for them. So what do they do? They start selling service to you know what you would call like an aggregator or a wholesaler. So and you, you know it used to be a CLEC was the big you know providers and the big aggregators and the big. So you know now you classify you say like a Twilio is really not this. Twilio was a was an AP API tier on top of it, but like the bandwidth.com, uh, XO when they were still around. These were the huge CLEX level three before it was acquired by CenturyLink and turned into Lumen. These were the big CLEX that were this like second layer. So there was there was phone company and then there was this aggregator wholesaler and then they had another aggregator layer and then there might be another one on top of that. And then you have this like stack of like who who knows how many kind of people in between point A, you know, between you as a customer and the actual other side. And this is really easy, again, to hide in the voice world because you can't see that traffic. The only way that you see it is you see it in call quality and you see it in, in uh, post-dial delay and PDD. So when we're engaged with clients that are serving a lot of voice traffic, and whether it's a lot of voice traffic or a lot of SMS traffic or a lot of, you know, um, uh, they have a lot of DIDs or they're trying to get to pro um, programma programmable voice where they're, they're interacting and doing uh, text messaging at scale and interaction with scale or maybe they're trying to do... Um, alerts, notifications, updates, hey, your you know, haircut's next week, do you want to reschedule, you know, these sorts of things. The trick that we do is just knowing what these aggregation tiers are between point A and point B in this chain and saying, okay, if you're currently interacting here, you know, the real value for you isn't to be here anymore. It's like, how do you get closer actually down to the metal? So when we talk, you know, like I'll use a term from cloud computing, right? Like the farther abstracted you are, the lower, the less value you have, and the more middle, you know, players that you have, and each player has to exert margin and take a cut out of it. So 
going from here down to here uh, can produce a lot of value. The closer you get to the metal, the better off you are. The less other hands that are being fed or mouths that are being fed along the way, and uh, the more influence that you have um, in in controlling your own destiny. So this whole thought stemmed from this email. No, I'm not. You know, for, I mean, nice people. There are no issues whatsoever in this message, and I'm sure there's there's a target market for this still. In a, it doesn't make sense for what I do. And I would tell my clients, like, I don't necessarily think this is the right path for you because there's other alternatives and other opportunities for you if you still need a SIP trunking-based product for a legacy on-premise PBX. Let's take you and approach that slightly different. You know, I'm not going to get you 0.001, you know, on an enterprise user, you know, with a couple hundred users. But if you've got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 users on on uh, on your PBX, you still have a Cisco system or you have a Avaya system or a Mitel system for whatever reason, that efficiency of scale exists for you. And those are places where we can help you a lot. <laughs>